Hey everybody, thank you for tuning in to the Bridgetown Daily for Tuesday, February 2nd. Today what I wanna do is something that I love, which is to slow down on a little snapshot in the gospel, these first century biographies about Jesus, and just to slow down and expand what's there Use our imaginations to look into what would it have been like to be there, to be one of the bystanders and to observe Jesus interacting in this moment. This is imaginative prayer. And if you've ever uh, done that, this will be familiar. But if you haven't, it's really easy. We, we, whatever you call it, whenever you read scripture, you do this, you imagine intentionally or unintentionally, you imagine what it must have been like. So today we're going to spend some time in one of my favorite passages of the past few years, Matthew chapter 3, the baptism of Jesus. So come Holy Spirit, would you help us in this moment to slow down and focus our thoughts as we look at the scripture, would you Holy Spirit come and illuminate even our imaginations, to see, to experience what this moment was like. Matthew 3, beginning in verse 13. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It's proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. And at that moment, heaven was opened. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on Jesus. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love, with him, I am well pleased. And then a voice came from heaven and said, This is my son, whom I love, and with him I am well pleased. So now let's just go back through, and I'm going to give you some prompts. And this is kind of a prayer, imaginative space to just rest for a minute. We say, Come, Holy Spirit, would you again open our hearts and minds? to step in through our imaginations to this gospel moment. So God, if we were standing there on the bank of the Jordan and had been observing John baptizing there, what would it have been like that moment when Jesus appeared? Remember, that John had seen Jesus earlier and called him out and said, behold, the Lamb of God. John called Jesus the Lamb of God who comes to take away the sins of the world. Now in this moment, John is baptizing people for the repentance of sin. Yet what would it be like for him in that moment to be approached by Jesus, the spotless Lamb of God, who's come to take away the sins of the world. What would the look be on John's face when Jesus said, will you baptize me? We see from the text that John pushes back 
and says, no, I need to be baptized by you. What would that moment have been like from John's perspective? How would it have felt for John when Jesus pushes back and says, no, let it be so now. I need to be baptized now to fulfill all righteousness. If you were standing there looking at John's face, he would have been confused, perplexed. What would that have felt like to be John? John consents. He responds now and changes his mind. Isn't it interesting? John had a will, a way that he wanted things to go. And yet in that moment, he submits to Jesus and what Jesus wants to have done. What would that be like in that moment for John to recognize the magnitude of baptizing the Son of God. Now imagine this setting in the Middle East, an arid, dry area, but this is a source of water. So around the edges of the Jordan River, there had to have been vegetation, probably more greenery there around the water than the outskirts surrounding it. So Jesus comes and he moves through that greenery, pushes the bushes and the growth aside and enters the water. John has been baptizing for a while, but he knows nothing has compared to this moment. As Jesus approaches John, as John reaches out his hand, to hold Jesus' shoulder and maybe even to grasp his hand. What was that look like between the two of them? What was that like for John to look at Jesus? How did Jesus look back at John? Baptism's an intimate moment. They're physically touching, and not only that, but now Jesus submits to John. He physically will allow John to hold him and push him under fully submerged in the water. First, John trusts Jesus that this is even a good idea against John's initial and maybe better judgment. And then now, Jesus entrusts himself to John. Then in that moment, as John lowers Jesus into the river, he pushes him all the way under, holds him for a moment, and pulls him back up. In your mind's eye, what do you imagine as you see Jesus coming up out of the water. At that very moment, the text says that heaven was opened. 
interesting that as Matthew recounts this, he talks about what you see visually first. And what you see is Jesus coming up out of the water, guided and held by John, and then heaven opening. What would that look like? Again, what would it be like to be a bystander standing on the edge of the Jordan and seeing heaven open up above Jesus? Then the Spirit of God descends like a dove resting on Jesus. What would that look like? Father in heaven, Jesus, the Son in the water, and the Spirit between them. What would it be like to observe this beautiful Trinitarian moment, Father, Son, and Spirit? The voice from heaven said this bold, loud affirmation, this is my Son whom I love. The love of the Father is proclaimed in his voice, but not only that, it's seen visibly as the Holy Spirit descends from heaven, from the Father, the Holy Spirit embodying the love of God resting on Jesus. It's verbal affirmation, but also it's a physical, visible affirmation of the Father's love as he sends the Spirit to rest on Jesus. What would that look like? What would the look be on Jesus' face as a son receiving this affirmation of love from his father? You know, Jesus says in John 17 that there was a glory that Jesus enjoyed with the Father before the creation of the world. And I think this is a little hint of what that glory was. The Father from all eternity has delighted in his Son, Jesus. At the center of the universe is a father loving a child. Augustine, that great North African theologian and thinker, said that the love between the father and the son is so strong, it is like a person, and that person is the Spirit of God. That God the Father is the origin of all love and somehow transmits between himself and the son his love in the Holy Spirit. And in these words is what I think every soul longs to hear that you are the beloved child of God, and in you, the Father is well pleased. So continuing with your imagination, just for a minute, imagine this affirmation that Jesus receives. He doesn't deny it. He doesn't sidestep it. He knows it and he accepts full on God's love and God's affirmation as a father to a son. Imagine what that would be like for Jesus, fully man, to receive that. 
And now, friends, imagine yourself in the place of Jesus. What would it be like for you if the Father were to speak over you, you are my beloved child. In you, I am well pleased. Can you, even right now, receive the love? Come, Holy Spirit, and would you fill our hearts, press into our hearts the affirming love of the Father even now? Friend, without sidestepping it, without any pushback, can you receive the affirming love of the Father? You know, Jesus even says, just as the Father has loved me, in John 17, he says, the Father also loves you. If you're a follower of Jesus, if you have put your faith in Jesus and received him, the Father now has the same love and affirmation over you that he had over Jesus. So again, in your imagination, what would it be like if you were in that setting? Heavens opened, the Spirit of God descended on you, rested on you, and the loving, affirming voice of the Father was to speak over you. What would that feel like even now? Just stay there with your imagination and receive. God, would you speak over every daughter and every son your affirming words of love? God, thank you that you loved Jesus before he began to do any of his earthly ministry. And the same is true for us, God. You love us as a foundational identity for us before we do anything for you. God, would you please dispel any lies about performance that we have to do certain things to be loved by you or we have to avoid certain things to be loved by you. God, instead, in this moment of truth, would we receive your loving affirmation? And is it interesting that the very next thing that happens is once Jesus has affirmed, has received this love and this affirmation, this identity statement about him as son, beloved. The very next thing that happens in Matthew chapter four is he is sent by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And friends, even today, I have no idea what you face. I have no idea what your life situation is life, but I do know this. Just as the man Jesus needed his affirmation and love from the father, so do you. And with that, you can go into whatever lies ahead of you. Jesus goes into the wilderness and battles the devil and is successful because he knows who he is and he knows whose he is. And in the same way today, friends, may you, even through this simple exercise, may you receive the loving affirmation of the Father and may that propel you in your true identity as the beloved into whatever you face today. Amen. Love you guys. 
Have a great day. May God's grace, his peace, and his love go with you.